Hello, hello. Welcome to Mark Bell's. Welcome to Mark Bell's PowerCast. Right? No. No. Not anymore. <clears throat> Welcome to Mark Bell's Power Project. Pro projectile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> projectile. Do that double dragon. You know about Double Dragon? The Nintendo game? That game was sick. <laughs> that was great. You could actually throw the guy. Yeah. You remember that? Everybody looked like Beavis and Butthead. They did. They had big heads. Being able to throw the guy was great. Like you could punch and kick and then you could grab the guy and you could chuck him. That yeah. was my favorite. And you could throw him into another guy. And you can pick up bats and just oh, like whack. Yeah. Like they all had the exact same swing each time. I, You know, I'm old. I'll, I'll admit it. But like they don't make them like they used to, man. Like yeah. those games were sick. They're really hard too. They are really hard. You know what's the hardest thing ever is arcade games though. They're impossible. They're just trying to rip you off and get all those quarters. Exactly. Like game, especially, so you just said arcade games, but like arcade, like uh, NBA Jam. Like oh my there's God. no way you He's can, on fire! <laughs> like the computer would get so fast, so quick. Oh, like yeah. as soon as you break away for like five points, they just steal the ball from you, hit threes from all over the court. It's <laughs> like, dude, what's, like, come on, how do you, how, I want to get those power-ups, like. It's like a glitch or something. Something's it, broken. Yeah. Yeah, they're just quarter The double stealers. dragon I was referring to is uh, when you have to take a dump and throw <laughs> up at the same time, that's double dragon. Yeah. Yeah, double dragon that ass. <laughs> yeah, so then do you go toilet to ass, trash can to face? Yeah, I think that's the logical step. For me, I just go in the shower. I'm like, this is... That's I'm even just, better. I'm just going to hang out in the shower and I'm just going to mm -hmm. like, you know, if... Things spray out from one end, and you know, just clean it up. I got a detachable shower head. We can, we can go, we can go nuts in here. Just hose you right down. Yeah. Speaking oh, man. of hose, wait, what? There's some hose in ho, here. Ho ho ho! Oh, that's right. This Those type Christmas, of hose. This is our. Yeah. What were you thinking about? Uh, those chocolate pastries. Uh, oh ho ho! Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. The slutty brownie. Yeah. That the old slutty brownie. Good. Joey's good at making those. Slutty I brownies. haven't tried them yet, but Jasmine likes them. Yeah, they're really. Oh, she's had them. Yeah, at the uh, like the, basically the the Christmas party we had last year with like Whoa. everybody here, or yeah. maybe it wasn't Christmas. What? what uh, just the ST party, like Hanukkah, we, holiday. I yeah. gotta call it holiday. Yeah, it was want, during holiday we last don't year. Want, uh, some people, Stephen, to be offended. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Josh celebrates that kind of stuff either. Does he? I think he does Kwanzaa. Mm. He's always grumpy about something. Mm -hmm. Him and Smokey, they're rubbing off on each other, like, literally. They're right? they're morphing into the same person. Yeah. That's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. A little Jewish-Asian guy with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to get to be really strange. Yeah. Like, especially because, I don't know. I mean, Josh has, like, zero body hair. Hey, body could fur. you get serious for a minute? We have a podcast to do here, and you're interrupting. My bad. You're very, being, being very disruptive today. <laughs> I didn't know we started. I clicked start, but I didn't know. Uh, we got to get that thing. Hey, if you guys are listening, if you know anybody with some dough, like I, I got some money, but I don't have the kind of money that we need to fix this podcast thing that we, I, I will take a picture of it today. Okay. We're going to post it up and show you guys. There's not much left to it, but <laughs> things from like the sixties, which makes it hard because no one knew even know what a podcast was in the sixties, but it's impossible to find parts for it now because yeah. it's so old. Everybody switched over to something new. And we thought we were getting a good deal, mm -hmm. but now we understand why it was so cheap. Yeah. We're sorry about the 1080p. 
or the 720. Two, 720. Yeah. Yeah. 720. Sorry about the 720. I, we're lucky if we have 720. We're shooting this thing on a potato. <laughs> yeah. With yeah. potato, potato starch and potato extract. Yeah. So that's why sometimes the lenses get a little greasy because it's from the, you know, the oil from trying to fry the potato, trying to get it to work, but it ain't mm-hmm. working. We're getting trans fatty acids going here. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Mark Bell's Power Project, everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in. If you like this episode, if you find this episode helpful, please share it with some other people. That's the cost of admission to come here on the Power Project. I've had the Power Project for a very, very long time. I had a different uh, version of this podcast going on for a while. Um, But before that, I was doing Power Project stuff just with my phone, doing a selfie and uh, spitting out some information for you guys. Um, I am a longtime powerlifter. Started powerlifting when I was 12. I'm 42 now. And... uh, I love every minute of it. I love training. I love getting strong and I love working on the business. I created a product called the Slingshot. It's a supportive upper body device for bench press, push-ups, and dips. It allows you to handle more weight. It allows you to uh, get in a better position with your bench presses so that you don't get hurt. Elbows are tucked into the side just as they should be. Um, And then based off of that product, I helped create a lot of other products that have... uh, uh, really been products to lower the barrier of entry into training. Training is training hurts. Uh, if you're training intensely, it hurts, causes a lot of pain. So we created knee sleeves, wrist wraps, elbow sleeves, slingshots, knee wraps, uh, singlets, deadlift socks, uh, shin savers. All we created all kinds of things uh, that have all sorts of functions um, and uh, allow you to train through and around your injuries. So if you want to check any of that out, it's over at markbellslingshot.com. Still love powerlifting to this day and uh, have a goal uh, nowadays to hit up a 500-pound bench at 220. Might be doing it at the Slingshot Classic, which is February 9th and 10th. Um, Sorry, the Super Training Classic, if I said that correctly. The Super Training Classic, February 9th and 10th, which will be here in Sacramento. I believe on February 10th, we have a special guest coming in by the names of Jay Cutler. He'll be there. We also got uh, uh, Matt uh, Vincent uh, will be coming in. My boy Jesse Burdick. We got a lot of other. Uh, we got a, we'll have a star-studded lineup for sure. There'll be more and more people that are going to want to attend. But you can sign up for it. And uh, where can people sign up for it? We have a sign-up place yet. I, we have to. I just don't know exactly where that. Lives. Oh no! I'll figure it out though. We'll figure it out. We'll attach a link or something to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And down in the show notes. Um, and on YouTube right now on the live stream, I'll figure it out, and you guys can check there as well. We'll, we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that part sorted out. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the goal for now. I want to bench over five hundred pounds, weighing in at two twenty, and a lot of other goals that I have. But having these goals gives me responsibility. Uh, the responsibility to uh, make myself better in the gym is something that I live off of. I gain energy off of, and it helps with every other aspect of my life. And uh, it's something I've noticed and recognized from a lot of other people. The more purpose, the more intent that you have, uh, the better off, the better off that everything else uh, is. We got my boy, Andrew Zaragoza over there. He is the host of our podcast. I had a, uh, an event here years ago at Super Training Gym. Andrew came in and was snapping some pictures. I thought he's just some weird pervert. <laughs> Turns out he was. And uh, <laughs> the rest is history. He gave me his card and I needed a photographer. And then Andrew came in, did photography, he did videos, and he did Hustle Mania. And now he does, now he's our podcast engineer. Yeah, it's been a, a crazy year. 
and we were talking about right now having our uh, Christmas episode. It's really only been a half year for us in and, terms and, of our podcast. Yeah, I mean, and you hate to say like, oh man, like I like it's been it it feels like way longer just mm-hmm. because like that's just kind of like a weird thing to say for right. some reason, but it it is like a blink of an eye that this podcast is already now going to hit 160 or I think today's officially yeah. 150 uh because of the stuff that we haven't produced with um Kalipa and Seth Rollins so we had to go back a couple numbers here oh man but um it, it it just seems like uh like even a week ago was like 6 months ago because yeah. we've we film and we record so much We've done so, like we've traveled, like we we're we, flying around, flying with, uh, hanging with Chuck Liddell, Phil Heath. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it. Like we've we've been there, and it's you're right. It all started just like you know a handful of months ago, and it's it's something that we're passionate about, excited about, and so here we go. We're, today's our Christmas special. We're going to be talking to you a lot about uh, you know what what to do on Christmas and and what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing, and uh, maybe give you some insight into some things that can just help you know, help mitigate some of this, uh, some of these fattening foods that you might be, uh, might be thrown your way on this day. So what I'd like everyone to do is, uh, have some mental prep going into all this, have some mental prep into the family members that you're going to run into, have some mental prep into the foods that you're going to run into. Um, in terms of your family members, you know, I talk about this very often on this podcast, you pretty much know where you're going to be every single day. You got a good idea of that. You have a good understanding of like, I'm going to work, you know, this hour to this hour, approximately. You have at least some concept of that. Well, you at least have some concept of when the Christmas parties are and where they're going to be and whom you're going to run into. So what I would like to suggest, I'm big on family and I think family is really important. And I think that we have a tendency to kind of undersell the importance of family. We have a tendency to um, limit family to only the people that live inside our home. And, um, you know, family is oftentimes much bigger than that. And what I want to try to suggest to everybody, and I know it's not easy, but I'd like for everybody to do the best they can and try to suck it up, especially for this year. We're going to, we're going to, uh, have a little, uh, exercise to do here. Um, in addition to actually exercising, I'm going to give you guys some homework to do. And maybe this is something that you should plan on trying. And this is something you can do at any party. It doesn't have to be uh, around Christmas time. Um, but you pretty much know where you're going to go. You know, you know you're going to go to your mom's house or your grandma's house or your aunt's house. Like there's these family traditions that we have every year that we continue to go to, go to right? So think about that uncle, that aunt, that somebody that maybe it's not your favorite thing every year to get in full conversation with them. <laughs> And I want you to try to think about, first of all, first of all, embrace people for who they are. If this person's been the same person for the last two years, the last three years, the last five years, the last eight years, the last 10 years, then that is just who they are. And to try to impose your will on them and try to impose uh, maybe your thoughts on uh, uh, politics or religion or your thoughts on uh, lifting or your thoughts on fitness and your thoughts on food. Maybe to think that they want everything out of life that you want, maybe that's not a great idea. But instead, let's try to do something a little different. Let's um, let's think about something that they may want to talk about and, and be prepared. Think about the different people you're going to run into. Be a little bit prepared ahead of time to talk to your uncle who maybe the only thing he loves to talk about is hunting. 
or be prepared to talk to your aunt and her favorite thing is to talk about art or whatever it is. Maybe that little bit of preparation will allow you to handle them better. I don't know about you guys. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I am socially awkward <laughs> and I, I, I kind of, it's weird because, you know, when I'm inside super training gym and, and uh, get me in front of a camera, then, uh, you know, lights, camera, action, and I can go and I can talk and do all those things. But I'm actually pretty shy and pretty reserved, and I don't really usually want to talk to people that much. In the past, this kind of stuff has been things that have helped me to get over some of that. I don't really have, like, crazy social anxiety or anything, but I just, um, you know, if I had my own choice, I probably just wouldn't say a whole lot is the truth of it. But I've learned that that's not great because as an adult, people interpret that as me being pissed off. <laughs> when I'm not, I just, you know, sometimes choose not to really say a whole lot, just choose to listen and absorb uh, what other people are talking about, what other people are saying. So that'd be my advice for this year, that like you know where you're going to be, you know who you're going to run into, maybe uh, have some stuff prepared, maybe talk about uh, football or talk about something on TV or talk about, just have something uh, kind of preset and ready to ready to rock. That's what I was gonna say because I haven't been following football basically at all this year, and I mean, who 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 uh, who has an uncle that's you know gonna talk about football? Like we all have that, or a cousin or something. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I might have to actually do. How about do. those L.A. Rams? <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't even know they were in L.A. I think they're in L.A. Um, I they are. I just, right. you know, when you said it, I'm yeah. like, damn, are they? But yeah, no, they are. That's right. That's, yeah, that's how the, disconnected I there's am. There's two LA teams and they're both doing really good. LA Rams. That's and right. LA the Chargers. Rams, the Rams are like in first place right now, I think. Yeah. And the Chargers are doing really well. See, do you guys see what I just did there? Mm -hmm. I pretended to know that the Rams were in first place. I don't know if they actually are. <laughs> I, I know they, they were for a little bit, but, uh, football gets, uh, this time of year gets tricky. People accumulate some losses pretty quickly this time of year. Yeah. yeah. I do know the Niners spoiled the uh, Seahawks mm. this Sunday. I do yeah. know that much because my mom texts me. <laughs> That's how I know. Your mom let you know, huh? Yeah. It's cool. They, they still watch the Niners every single day or every week. We have a uh, white elephant party tomorrow. That should be pretty cool. I don't I'm... know if you guys play any of that at home, um, but uh, it's basically just, just everyone purchases a gift, everyone that wants to be in on it. And, uh, it's uh, anonymous on who's, where the gift came from. I guess people can tell you later on, on where it came from, but it's a way to prevent from like having to buy a million presents for everybody in your office. So yeah, that's what we did. It's cool. I'm still very much unprepared for that. I have no idea what to get. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to uh, get like a, uh, a gift card for slingshot for, <laughs> for that's uh, the best. yeah, for slingshot gear. See what happens, see who wins that. That'd be great if you got stuck with it. Stick a War on Cars book in there or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People be like, this is the worst. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then also too, like prepare, prepare yourself for like what's going to go on for the next couple of days. Start to think about where you're going to be. Do you have access to any weights or do you have access to any form of exercise? What's the food going to look like? What's the food going to be? You might be thinking, oh, I'm not going to meal prep because I'm just going to eat whatever. But are you going to eat whatever for the next two weeks? You know, because uh, New Year's is like a week after Christmas and you're just going to let all that stuff kind of go into the following year. Again, as we talk about all the time on this podcast, there's no reason to be a real maniac about it, but you got to set down some rules and boundaries. If you're somebody that wants to be a savage, if you want to have goals, if you want to be in better shape, if you want to be better than you were yesterday, the only way to do that is to be prepared and you'll have to be prepped for 
the different things that are coming. So if you know on the 25th of December that you have a big family dinner and on the 24th, you know that you have a big family like brunch or lunch or whatever it might be, maybe there's some preparation going into that. And then you could say, okay, well, what does that preparation look like? Um, maybe you eat a lot less food uh, the days before. If you can handle that, maybe you try some fasting. Um, maybe you try to exercise a little bit more. Maybe you're like, you know what? I don't really care what I eat at all. I'm going to use a little bit of intermittent fasting and I'm going to do some cardio and that's going to mask whatever the hell I eat. Maybe it won't mask everything, but not a bad strategy. And you eat kind of whatever you'd like for a day or two. Yeah. How many, how much time do you think people should give themselves? I mean, I know we're cutting it close here, but like, let's say someone started tomorrow with like a intermittent fasting or they're just saying, I'm going to avoid the lame office potluck and bring my own food. And then over the weekend, control it, and then come Monday, Tuesday, that's when like the the sweets and everything starts coming out. Is that enough time for somebody to really take advantage of um, basically kind of prepping? Absolutely. Friday, Mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday, um, you can start to mess around with some fasting. And uh, each day you can pick a a certain amount of hours that you want to fast, 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. They say some of the magical benefits, quote unquote magical, uh, benefits of fasting start to happen in that 16 to 20 hour range. And, uh, so that's, I choose to kind of stick it out a little bit longer, but if you've never done any fasting before, 12 hours is a good start. And, uh, fasting is just going to be a way to manipulate your calories. And by fasting, I mean, you're not ingesting anything other than water and coffee. There are things that are called a liquid fast and you can mess with that as well, where you're, you have water, coffee, bone broth, maybe add some salt, maybe you have coffee with a little bit of butter mm-hmm. in it. So there's some other options that you can choose that, that, uh, have at least some calories in it. If you're worried about like just blacking out and not feeling very good from not eating, you can mess around with some different things, but, uh, yeah, there's enough time to mess around with some fasting. I mean, you know, it's, um, we're on Thursday right now and, uh, you got tomorrow, you got Saturday, you got Sunday and then you got Christmas Eve and then you have Christmas day. So you can toy around with some fasting. I personally uh, don't like to fast every single day. I think it's a little bit much. So I'll fast. Um, I'll, I'll fast. I'll do intermittent fasting for 16 hours um, on, say, like a Monday and like a Tuesday. And then Wednesday will be a break from fasting. And then I'll go Thursday with fasting and I'll eat again on Fridays, things like that. You know, so I try to mix it up so I'm not fasting every single day. I might fast pretty hard or pretty tough four to five times a week, but I, I think it's a little stressful to do it every single day. So that's why I try to, I try to mix it up. But if you're somebody looking for some ideas, you can cut way back on your carbs. Like you don't have to cut anything out. You don't have to try anything really drastic. If you're used to cutting out carbs, then maybe you should cut them out. But if you're not used to cutting out carbs, maybe you just cut them way back and say, you know what, the second half of the day, I'm not going to eat hardly any carbohydrates, mm-hmm. or I'm only going to eat them uh, the second half of the day or however you want to sort it out. Um, you can even just say, Hey, you know what, for the next three days in a row or four days in a row, I'm going to do some cardio training, or I'm going to make sure I go for a good, strong, uh, brisk walk and try to, you know, walk maybe a little faster than normal and try to burn off a little bit more, but you want to be prepped going into it and you want to try to think about it. Um, and if you don't really want to have a whole lot of guidelines in terms of your diet, intermittent fasting is, is great because then you have the opportunity to eat almost whatever you want when you start to eat. Um, the other thing is too, that you could do 
if you want to even have less uh, regard towards what you eat is you can just train really, really hard, you know, for the next couple of days and maybe even on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, you still make sure that you get in a walk or still make sure you do something. Um, you could say, I'm going to do 200 pushups and 200 squats and you can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on that. Um, I've always loved the tradition of, uh, you know, um, doing stuff, uh, on Christmas day and I'll probably just this year, it'll probably just be a walk. It probably won't be anything much more than that. But other years I have gone to the gym and I've worked out and I, I put in a good, strong workout for like an hour. I mean, most people say, oh, you know, you're busy on Christmas, but I mean, you know, no one's, well, sometimes your kids are up really early when you have, when you have children, but once they open up their presents, there really ain't shit to do. So you, you can sneak out for a little bit, probably get something done. Uh, whether it be something that you do outside or at a gym, or you can probably sneak away for at least a little bit and, uh, and do something. But the point is, is be prepared for that. Be mentally ready for that. Be, be ready for the fact that there's going to be an office party and there's going to be all this candy there. And, uh, People are going to make stuff for you. And how are you going to react to that? You know, you're going to throw, throw away everything that someone made <laughs> for you. Um, I think you should probably at least try some of it, at least have some of it. I think it's, uh, it's kind of common courtesy. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's not going to kill you to, to go off your diet a little bit. It's not going to kill you to go off your plan a little bit. But what I'm trying to say is, Make sure you still have a plan. Make sure you have, because the further you get away from your plan, the harder it's going to be to get back to it. And that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to hear people saying, oh man, you know, Christmas Eve came and I was, you know, I had to travel to San Jose and then Christmas day, I was back here in Sacramento and I just ate whatever. And, you know, now it's hard for me to get back in the routine and I haven't lifted in five days and I've been eating like shit for the last three days and. Ah, there's all these bowl games on, there's all these football mm -hmm. games on, there's this on, there's that, that's on. Uh, there's all these different things to enjoy and all these different things to, to do. And uh, I'll, I'll get back in the gym, you know, January 1, or I'll start <laughs> my diet January 1. And then you look at January 1 and you're like, oh man, like that's, you know, New Year's Day. And I'm going to be hung over from, uh, from, from New, Year's, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve activities. And plus it's on a Tuesday. So mm -hmm. if I start on a Tuesday, then it's going to throw off the whole routine because I'm supposed to start on Monday because that's chest day. So I can't push that to Tuesday because then I'm going to mess up my leg day. Like, okay, so International chest day. International yeah. chest day. So I'm going to miss that. I'm not, I can't miss chest day. So I got to wait till the next week. Right. You know, because I got to start it off right. And you hear that all the time and people want to try to just keep pushing off and pushing off and pushing off and you push off your your hopes, you push off your dreams, you push off these things that you really wanted to do. And, uh, that's how we get, you know, everyone being so negative about new year's resolutions, which I don't think, I don't think a new year's resolution is a bad idea at all. I do think that, you know, everything that we, nearly everything that we do is made up, you know, like even the day itself is, is sort of made up. It's obvious that the sun comes up and the sun goes down. Uh, but this, this, uh, you know, this clock that we follow, this AM, PM rhythm that we follow. And some of these things are all kind of like made up for us to be able to schedule our day properly, you know? And so, and these holidays, and I mean, everything is, uh, is, is kind of, is kind of made up, you know? And, um, I think it's, it's up to you to kind of make your decision on how you want to react to it. You know, what do you want to do about it? Do you want to just, you know, fold up shop for the next <laughs> two weeks and say, I'm just going to eat whatever I want and do whatever I want. That's a bad, that's a really bad idea. You're going to lose a lot of the 
progress you've made. You probably already have come pretty far. And uh, this idea of a New Year's resolution, I, I think it's I think it's positive. I don't think I don't think there's really anything negative. I, I do I do however have a problem with talking about stuff that you're never gonna do. And so for that reason, I would think when it comes to a New Year's resolution, think of something that's rational. You know, be a rational being. Be be someone who has good conscious thought into what you're doing. Don't talk about things that are never going to happen. Cowards talk about what they will never do. Remember that. Have that quote pop up in your head when somebody tells you that they're going to do something. You're like, you know what? That fucking guy is full of shit. He ain't <laughs> ever going to do that. You know, you know what I mean. You guys have heard that before. You've heard people say something you're like, man, that was outlandish. That guy ain't ever going to do that. That guy never put two and two together, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, you know, that's, that's just the way, the way things are. You're going to, you're going to see and hear a lot of people talk about some weird stuff for their new year's resolution, but for yourself, just make sure it's rational. Make sure it's a plan that you can align a lot of the other things that you want in your life. You know, I was listening to something the other day and the guy said, you know, in the beginning of the school year, um, this, this is freaking fantastic stuff that I heard the other day, but he said in the beginning of the school year that they should sit you down. And they should say, write down your grades. And uh, the guy interviewing him said, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Everyone's just going to put down an A. He goes, well, here's why. So you write down what grades you want for each subject. And everybody writes down an A. Well, now you start to go over it with them. And say, that's what you want? You want an A? Okay. Well, an A is perfect. <laughs> uh, are you willing to work for perfection? Are you willing to align your thoughts, your mind, your spirit, Everything you do, are you willing to align everything with being perfect, with being the best, with, with uh, being um, you know, one of the smartest students in the class? Are you willing to align yourself with that and the responsibility of that? Then one kid might kind of get scared and go, well, Jesus, okay. <laughs> now that you put it that way, maybe I'm more like a B, right? You go to the next kid and say, hey, man, to get an A, it's going to take a lot of reading. It's going to take a lot of time. I know that you love to play basketball. I know you love hanging out with your girlfriend on the weekend. And then the kid might be like, okay, I'm kind of cool with a B, right? And that's how you start to get to logical and rational uh, answers rather than somebody saying, no, no, I'm going to be an A. And somebody who's rational and reasonable and somebody who wants to be a go-getter, they're saying, you know what? I'm, I still want that A. I still want to have the best grade in the class. That's my goal. And I want to do it in math. I want to do it in science. And you're going to have a lot of people like that. But it's also good for people to understand it's okay to have other things that you want to be involved in. If you want to be popular in school and you want to play football and you want to be on the wrestling team and you want to do all these different things, it might be, it's not that it's impossible, but it might not be the most rational thing to have straight A's and everything. And when you think about your New Year's resolutions, that's what you want to put down on paper. You want to start to think about what do I want? What do I want from this year? Not do I want, what do I want forever? What do I want for this year? Like for this upcoming year, maybe it's your goal to meet somebody that you have a good time with. That's, you know, that's uh, somebody that could potentially be a partner of yours down the road. Right. But Maybe you're not looking for someone to get married because maybe you're not currently in a relationship. Maybe that's too much of a stretch. Maybe your goal in uh, 2019 is, is to not necessarily become a millionaire because you're not, 
you're, you're not within range of any of that. It doesn't really make sense. You don't have an invention in your back pocket. You don't have a book that you wrote. You don't have a lottery ticket. You don't have something that makes sense for you to do that. But you just say, I want to work my way towards financial freedom in 2019. I want to not worry about 300 bucks. I want to not worry about um, if my car breaks down, it's going to be a huge hit to me and my family. Those are things that you're probably, you know, you're, that are probably well within range that you can have as a goal. And then also too, what about more, what about more general goals? 2019, I want to be better at this. And then also aligning things to go along with that. 2019, I want to be a better communicator. In 2019, I, I want to, you know what? I didn't read any books last year and I promised myself I would. So now I'm going to commit. I want to read, set the bar really low so that, so that you knock it out of the park. Give yourself that underhand pitch so you can knock that son of a bitch out of the park. Say, I want to read three books next year. And when you read three books in one month, then you can celebrate and be like, wow, okay, I got to change my New Year's resolution. You can, you can already have uh, done it early in the year. I want to lose 10 pounds. Last year, I was unsuccessful with this. Stack it up against things you've done in the past. Stack it up against your failure. Stack it up against things that you've missed in the past. And say, one of my things I want to do is I want to make sure that I don't do that again. I want to make sure that I'm better than that than I was last time when I when that came around. Last year, I wasn't able to increase my deadlift at all. So this year, I want to try to increase my deadlift by 10 pounds. There's so many different things that you can kind of run through, but it all kind of starts around, and it's not even Christmas time. It's part of the part of the reason why I made Operation Get Less Fatterist, and I started it way back around Halloween. That's when the cascade of problems start to uh, start to happen is because everyone's mind starts to drift. You're like, ooh, Halloween's here. And as we know when Halloween's coming, that candy's coming out, and we know the turkeys are coming out. We know Thanksgiving's going to happen, and we know what follows that. We got Thanksgiving, we got Christmas, we got New Year's. It's this giant trap. A lot of people end up, end up gaining four, five, six, seven pounds every year. They might lose two or three because it might be some water weight or something. But sometimes they end up holding on to that body weight and it happens year after year after year and you end up spinning your tires and you end up in the same spot as you have before. You guys heard me talk about cutting corners. You keep cutting a corner, cutting a corner, cutting a corner, cutting a corner, and you have a lot of activity. You have a lot of movement, uh, but without any productivity, you didn't actually accomplish anything. You didn't actually do anything. You went in a circle so many times that you're dizzy from it and all you can do is sit down and relax. What's a good example of an unhealthy resolution or something that someone, you know, when you say uh, people talk about what they're not going to do? Yeah, and that would just be things that are just, just too much of a reach. 2019, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. You know, like, yes, you can lose 100 pounds in a year. Um, but it's not wise to put yourself through that much stress. Um, maybe in the back of your mind, you're still thinking like, big, right? You're still thinking that you want to do something big, but I think you're, th these are things that you want to have happen for sure. These are a little different than dreams and goals. This is stuff that you're kind of promising to yourself and you want to make sure that it happens. And so I think the most reassuring thing is to pick stuff that's very reasonable, that's well within reach. And you can say, you know, here's, here's what I'd like, to, I'd like to be able to lose you know, 25 pounds in, uh, in 2019. And that doesn't mean that you can't lose more. 
I would like to, uh, you know, I'd like to increase my salary by, you know, by 20 grand, by 10 grand. It doesn't mean that you can't do more than that. It just means that that's part of your New Year's resolution that you want to at least do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that would be a good place to start and to try to make sure that these are things that are, um, they're, they're things that you can do. Remember, I just talked about the grade that you want. If you start thinking about what do you want, okay, that's cool that you want that, but then you need to ask yourself, do you have what it takes to get it? Do you really truly have what it takes to get it? Because that's where you're going to get hurt. And that's where you're going to get messed up is when you can't figure out how to get it. So do you have a history of at least showing that you could align a series of segments, a series of thoughts, a series of feelings towards achieving this particular thing? You have a goal in 2019, you want to get on a bodybuilding stage. Have you ever once shown that you can drop 10 pounds? Have you ever shown one time uh, that you could be physically fit, that you could be in good shape? Have you ever showed some of these things before? If you've never shown some of these things before, if you've never shown that you possess the ability to get better in this way, then uh, maybe you're not going to have be able to hold on to that. Maybe that's not going to be something that's going to actually happen for you in that year. And I like what you've said in the past, and this is like a true gem. Like I don't even really want to admit that we do this, but if you do have a goal of like, let's say it's 50 pounds that you want to lose next year and you just start doing it without telling anybody. And somebody asks and they're just like, man, you look great. What have you been doing? Oh, you know, just what I'm working on this, uh, get less fatterist. And then now I'm reading the war on carbs and you just start, you, you start just putting stuff in motion. They're like, oh, well, what are your goals? Like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to probably aim for about losing 20 pounds this year. We'll see how it goes. And then all of a sudden you, you just break right through 20 pounds. Right. And right. it's because you were already doing, you were already aiming that way before you told anybody. And so by the time they figure it out, it's already too late. Like you're, you're, you're already a different person by then. And then they're looking at you like, what the heck did you do? And you know, it, it, it kind of, it, for me, I think it gets rid of some of those negative thoughts you have in your head. Like if you were to tell somebody, yeah, I plan on losing 50 pounds this year. You, you already start thinking like, oh, they're going to, they're going to doubt me or nobody's going to believe me. They're going to make fun of me. But if you just start doing it, <laughs> you kind of take the power away from them, uh, from, you know, doubting you. And then the next thing you know, it's like you, you already accomplished and you're just, you shocked the world. Yeah. They're like, they're like, wait, you, wait, they're like, when did you start the diet? And you're like, yeah, I started it like about four months ago. Yeah. They're like, and you already lost 20 pounds. They're like mm -hmm. confused. Like, mm -hmm. wait, what, what happened? Where was I? Yeah. There is... Hey man, I don't know where you were, but it happened. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you said we were probably going to maybe do something for new year's. Like, yeah, I started in October, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and, and I know that's like, if you didn't start back then, it, it's kind of like, well, well, what am I going to do now? It's like, well, you can say like, I don't know, come summertime, you're going to be, I don't know, you're just going to be a healthier person. Right. And chances are the people who you're, who are, you're, you're going to surprise, they're not going to get started because it's, it's hard, right? Like it, it's, if you want to do something great, you got to work hard for it. Yeah. Right. And, and, then, uh, a lot of people can relate to this. Like, um, have you ever read something? And uh, maybe it didn't affect you that much the first time you read it, or have you ever listened to an audio book or listened to a speech from somebody? Maybe somebody shares a speech with you and you listen to it and you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then maybe like three months go by and you're like, oh, I think somebody said that in that speech that one time. Let me go back and look at that. And you watch it again and something just, something just knocks you in the brain <laughs> the right way and your brain's just humming. And it's like, wow, why is that so different this time around? 
it's not because you found, so people will say, oh man, when I reread that book, I found all this new stuff. That's actually not true. And this is actually the reason why uh, people like my dad read the Bible until the day they die. It's because you continue to change the person. So you continue to see things differently. It's not that there's new material in there all of a sudden. It's not like you're reading a different version of the Bible out of nowhere. <laughs> you're not reading, reading uh, version 2.0 or whatever. It's, um, it's because you became a different person. You have different perspective on things. And now these things have really popped up. Something I heard the other day, too, about education. And, and this, man, like, how sweet would this be if on, you know, maybe not even day one of school, but every day of day one of school from the time that you're uh, – from the time you're in kindergarten to the time you leave school, <clears throat> they should tell you this and have you repeat this uh, forever, basically. Um, education comes from a Latin word, educo, which means to come from within. And so this entire time, I've been getting shit taught to me that doesn't come from within, and I've been resistant to it, and I thought I was stupid, and I thought I was dumb. And it's like, well, if this is the definition of education, that it's supposed to come from within, then how else am I ever supposed to learn it unless I find out for myself what I like to even learn? So it's like, I don't really know how the education would change, the education system would change based off of that, but wouldn't that be a really cool thing to know as a really young child? I don't think that, I, no one's ever told me that before. I've never learned that before. Imagine if they tell you in first grade, they tell you in second grade, they tell you in third grade, fourth grade comes around and you're starting to f finally figure things out for yourself. And now you're like, oh, okay. So that's why I don't like science that much, but I love history. Yeah. You know what, Mark? That is cool that you love history. Maybe you should pick a couple things that go along with learning more about history. So you can kind of pursue some of that and you can kind of angle your education towards some of the things that come from within, some of the things that are actually hitting you, some of the things that are actually making sense to you because a lot of this other stuff just isn't adding up. And I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And then when I thought about nutrition and when I thought about training, I'm like, okay, now I get it. I'm preaching to people and I'm trying to educate people about a topic that's not coming from within. It's not coming from within them. So how do I make them feel it? Well, the way I make them feel it is by having a free gym, by having free content, by having free information, by being inviting, by not being a dick, by trying to tell you, hey, man, come to Super Training Gym, 855 Riverside Parkway, every Saturday and Sunday, West Sacramento, California, every Saturday and Sunday, we take people in for free. You can come in here and train. We're open from like around nine o'clock until about one. Every Saturday and Sunday, the gym is free. All that we ask you to do is to hit us up in the DM or email us. It's at Super Training Gym on Instagram. Let us know that you want to come. Don't be a coward. Don't sit in the parking lot and then leave. Actually come inside the doors and come meet us and come actually train with us and start to become part of the system, which is going to ultimately come from you. It's ultimately going to come from within. It's not going to come necessarily from something I say or from something Andrew says, it has to ultimately come from you. And when it starts to come from you, that's when you're going to do exactly what Andrew said. You're going to be ahead of the curve. You're going to already have lost 20 pounds because you sought out the information yourself. You read that book yourself. You read that book from Mark Sisson or The War on Carbs from me or 
whoever's book it, uh, that you picked up about diet, you related to that, you absorbed that information, you understood it, and you went out there and you actually applied it. Educo. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that either. I was never told that. School is stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> School is pretty dumb. Man, wouldn't that have been nice to know that? You know, and I, there's something I learned in, um, you know, the weird shit I've learned in professional wrestling could be a book. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> so there was a match and, uh, there we go. This one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. So there's a match and, uh, this is back in the, uh, hardcore wrestling days. The WWE for a time period. So, man, I got to go way back. Okay. So, uh, here we go. All right. All right. I got myself straight. I'm getting excited because I love all this stuff. But like, so Seth Rollins came on here and he talked about backyard wrestling. Backyard wrestling gained popularity and it was already kind of happening and, and coinciding with ECW, which happened in, uh, in, uh, Philadelphia, um, in the Philadelphia area. And, uh, it was started by a guy named Paul Heyman we saw Paul Heyman on Monday Night Raw and we saw what a talent he was and how creative he is on the microphone. He was absolutely fantastic. How much better he was on the microphone than everybody else (laughs) was absolutely insane, absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. This guy knows how to get a following. This guy knows how to get people fired up for wrestling. So he started what was called ECW, Extreme uh, Extreme Professional Wrestling, uh, or I'm sorry, Extreme (laughs) Championship Wrestling, ECW. So now... Some 25 years later, when Paul Heyman goes to speak uh, at a WWE event, the crowd yells, ECW, 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 <laughs> every single time. Uh, this extreme championship wrestling kind of spawned people to whack each other over the head with chairs, to uh, light tables on fire and put themselves through the table or put each other through the table, hit each other with two by fours, um, have matches that were hardcore matches. The WWE at, at the time, actually tried to rival what ECW was doing because it was impacting their views because ECW was on TV as well. And uh, Vince McMahon introduced the hardcore title. And the hardcore title can be won or lost anywhere at any time. So <laughs> Seth Rollins was talking about traveling around with the uh, briefcase for yeah. the money in the bank thing. Yeah. It, the, uh, it, the, um, the hardcore title uh, was uh, was one at uh, gas stations. It was one in the mall. It was one in the uh, uh, the airport. Like there was one guy like waiting for his uh, for his uh, luggage, and you know the luggage comes down that chute. Well, another wrestler came down that chute and attacked the guy with the belt and pinned him, and like won the belt like in the airport and all this stuff. So people are hitting each other with all these things, and that influence and impact impacted a lot of wrestling and it impacted the wrestling that I was involved with. So, uh, at the shows that I did, a lot of guys would get involved with hitting, hitting each other with chairs and they would do these huge stunts to try to get fans excited because, well, now, you know, the ante was upped a a ton. You couldn't just, uh, go in there and, uh, put somebody in a sharpshooter and and hope the crowd got excited over that. They're, they just weren't excited by that anymore. You had to whack somebody over the head with a chair or, or do something crazy. And so there was a match in the UPW ultimate pro wrestling where I met this guy, not Jesus Christ, but John Cena, (laughs) where my brothers and I got him involved in wrestling. And, um, there was this match going on and one guy, like there's stuff by by the ringside to hit each other with, but you don't hit each other with everything. You only hit each other with shit that you can actually hit each other with. 
And if anybody knows anything about wrestling, when somebody goes to hit you with something that you can't be hit with, you have to block them from doing so. Mm. So if somebody was to run at me with like an office chair, I would kick them in the stomach <laughs> because, and, and I would actually kick them in the stomach because maybe they don't understand that they, they could, they're not supposed to hit me with that. They're just in the moment. If they're green <laughs> and they don't know what they're doing, they might think it's okay. Like, oh, I've seen you get, I've seen people get hit with chairs on TV before. We can just use any old chair. No, you need a folding chair to do that. And it makes a loud noise. And it, yes, it does hurt, but it, it, it makes a louder noise uh, than anything, you know? And so Anyway, in this match that was going on in UPW, a guy picked up a, like a really long, uh, light bulb <laughs> and whacked the other guy over the head with it in the ring. Oh. And so now there's shattered glass everywhere and they like pin each other and he, you know, gets on top of the other guy. And like now both of them have shards of glass in them. There's shards of glass everywhere, all around ringside. There's shards of glass, uh, in the ring. And I remember when they got backstage and they started fighting about it. And everyone started getting all aggressive and like, it almost made the whole locker room fight, which is actually really funny. One of the guys who was a, a senior wrestler at the time, he said, Hey, look, you don't, you only know something, you know, like these guys aren't stupid. They only, you only know something when you're taught it. Mm. And that was a huge lesson for me. I was like, wow, that is so true. Like as dumb as that was, that's actually a true statement. <laughs> like you don't know anything until someone teaches it to you. So a lot of times when we're trying to promote fitness and we're trying to say, Hey, you should abstain from these certain foods or you should work out this way. We kind of take it for granted and just think like you should know it, but you only know the things that you've been taught. And this idea of educo and, uh, having education come from within was something that I just recently learned. And I figured I was like, man, there's no question. I'm going to share that on the podcast because that makes a lot of sense. And I, I need to uh, share that with a lot of other people. And so, you know, back to this kind of topic of uh, Christmas, you know, some of you guys are, are watching uh, on uh, YouTube and some of you guys are watching on uh, Instagram. Give us some comments on some things that you guys face during the holidays that are too hard to handle, whether it's, uh, you know, worthless family members <laughs> or whether it's, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to abstain from uh, all these uh, yummy foods that are going to be around. We can give you some advice. We already threw out a little bit of advice, but, um, you know, what I think is a good idea is to try to figure out when are you going to cash in on this, on some of these cheats. And you need, I just think it's something that you should, if you just think about it ahead of time, you could probably make some sense of it and you don't have to go crazy, you know, for, the next 10 days you can go mm -hmm. crazy uh on christmas day and maybe you can go crazy on new year's eve but just be reasonable be reasonable you're drinking and you know this is going to sound like a corny message but it, you know there's so many there's there's uber there's so many things do not you know do not drink and do not i mean it's just we're if you have to leave your car somewhere it just it just makes so much like nowadays there's absolutely no excuse you can, you can Uber your way home and you can Uber your ass back to your car in the morning when you're sober. <laughs> yeah, very well said. What was uh, Christmas like when you were a kid as far as like any traditions? Like do you guys go to a certain place? So for uh, Thanksgiving, you know, every year we always, uh, we always all got together as a big family and played football. Mm -hmm. And we had the turkey and I, I talked about the turkey bowl and some of that stuff. And you guys seen my... Uh, that video was made about Mad Dog. He made mm -hmm. that trophy, and the trophy was for the uh, loser, <laughs> which was pretty funny. But when it came to Christmas, um, 
it was a little similar to Thanksgiving where we didn't play football necessarily because in New York it was it was way too cold at that point to do much of anything. But um, my parents grew up down the street from each other. So we would go to my grandmother's house um, on my mom's side of the family first. And then we would go to, and that's, their last name is Finch. And then we would go to my dad's side of the family, uh, which their last name is Bell. And uh, we'd hang out over there. And so it, it was amazing because my mom grew up in a huge family. Um, and so did my dad. My, my mom's family, uh, I think they had nine children. And I think my dad's family had nine children as well. So I had tons of aunts and uncles. And then my aunts and uncles all had kids. And so there's just tons of kids running around and just, it was just, uh, man, you want to talk about getting loaded up with presents. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> I'd go to my mom's, my mom's, I go to my grandmother's house on my mom's side of the family and they would, uh, load me up with Christmas presents, but also my birthday is the 10th. And so like my birthday's like strategically, uh, <laughs> just in the right spot to where I can't get shafted with, Hey, mm -hmm. it's, you know, I gave you a Christmas, you know, they still had to give me two separate ones because they were far enough apart. <laughs> but a lot of family members wouldn't give me the present until I saw them at Christmas. So they say, yeah, oh, here's your birthday present. Here's your Christmas present. So now I'm, you know, seeing my aunt <laughs> and I'm seeing my uncle and I'm seeing this person, that person and my grandma and this person. And we're just like loading up and loading up and loading up. Like we need like semi trucks to come, you know, with all these damn, you know, gifts that are, uh, uh, coming my way. Plus on top of that, I was the youngest person in the entire family for like, like 10, 15 years or something like that. Until my cousin, uh, Kyle came along who has actually come here and, and lifted with us, which was pretty cool. But yeah, until he came along, I was the youngest. So like, I always got spoiled. I got just so much. My brothers were always like making fun of me and my brothers. I think both my brothers always thought I was going to become a big pussy <laughs> because I was always so coddled and always so, um, and I, I was, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I could, I could cry at the drop of a hat pretty much, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of gifts, uh, thrown my way. I just remember it being a lot of fun too. I remember going to, um, both sides of the family were a lot of fun, but I remember going to my dad's, uh, my grandfather and, and grandmother's house on my dad's side and, uh, them having the fireplace on and we were always mm -hmm. outside trying to do something, but late December in New York is just really, really freaking cold. And, uh, we'd all come in with tons of snot running off <laughs> our face. Cause you know, for, for some reason, little kids have like endless supply of snot. Yeah. And <laughs> like just totally oblivious that it's there. It's like, you want to get that please? Cause I, it's almost on me at this point. Yeah. It's all over, like it's all around your nose and it's all stuff like dripping out of your mouth and your nose <laughs> stuff is dripping into your <laughs> mouth. It's all, this is like one disgusting. They gave me the chills. So everyone, <laughs> but everyone would get so sick too. Like every year somebody would get like violently ill because some one little kid was sick and it just set everybody else off but um it was fun and i remember my you know my grandparents house they had the fire going and it was all warm in there and i'd come in and you'd, you'd take some of your stuff off from outside and you'd be just drenched in sweat yeah because you're so loaded up with wearing so much crap outside and you were getting warm out there because you were playing and making snowmen and like doing all throwing you know uh snowballs at each other and shit like that doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then by the time you come in, it's like 5,000 degrees in my grandmother's house <laughs> and you're just dying. Part of the reason why I wear shorts this day is like all growing up, anywhere you go in New York, 
yes, it's it's absolutely freezing outside, but anytime you went inside somewhere, it's so hot. It's like well beyond room temperature. It's like 75, 80 degrees, and you're like, man, I'm dying over here. Yeah, we don't have that experience here in California because most houses do have fireplaces, but right. unfortunately, most of them are like gas or whatever, and they don't put out like actual heat like a real fireplace. How about that family member's house that you go to that you know is a million degrees <laughs> that you have to like prep yourself for? You're like, oh man, it's going to be a long one. Yeah, for us, it was the opposite because my dad never turned on the heater. So everyone was like, That's your rough. house is really cold. That's rough. My, ho- my house is always really cold. And like, I, it's funny because uh, it's not anything about like being cheap, but like, I don't mm-hmm. really love the way the heat feels. Mm-hmm. I don't, the air conditioning, I'll crank that thing all day. Mm-hmm. But I don't really love the way the heat feels. Kind of dries me out and stuff like that. So, so it's on, but it's like it's got to be like sub zero in there. It's freezing in there sometimes. Yeah. No, you like it cold. I'm always like, why? And I'm I'm questioning it, but I'm the one that's like messing with the thermostat all the time. Like, <laughs> why in the fuck is it so cold in here? <laughs> yeah. For us, we used to just like um, it, during the daytime. It was always. I mean, being Mexican, we have cousins forever, right? So there was always like a good amount of. That was racist. Uh, well, shit, I lived it, so I can say it. You know, we were all about this. I don't think the you s- can say it nowadays. I think it was still racist. That's true. I, I offended a lot of people. You offended yourself. Oh, God, I'm going to have to write myself a letter. See? Tell, me, tell myself how offended I am of myself. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself that you can't uh, speak on the Academy Awards, right? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Hart, come on. But anyway. A couple uh, gay jokes that killed anybody. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I don't even want to bother. But no, we would play football in the street all day long until it got dark. And then we'd play Madden on, on oh. play, like PlayStation. We'd have tournaments, these gigantic tournaments. Like where you so out play. in the street, you were Randy Moss. And then when you got inside, you were Randy Moss. Essentially, yeah. It was, it was so much fun. But I mean, it's just... Remember Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper? Totally unstoppable in Madden football. Were you around I, uh, for that era? or you... Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just trying to think who was... Uh, but you could just roll out with Dante Culpepper all day and throw bombs. I mean, you just couldn't cover Randy Moss. Yeah, I was almost always the Buccaneers, though. Mm. Mike Allstott, work done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then that defense was insane. Oh. Rondé Barber, John Lynch. Oh. Uh, Brooks, Derek Brooks. I believe they had... Warren Sapp. Yeah, they had Sapp and... No, yeah, that's who it was. I was going to say Simeon Rice, but I, they might have even had him. I don't mm. remember. I know that uh, there's a story about Warren Sapp when he was playing high school football. He was just killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just an absolute mutant. And he was faster than everybody. He was bigger than everybody. No one could stop him. No one could block him. No one could do anything. Something happened in a game, uh, and he probably played both ways. Maybe he was a tight end. He went to catch the ball and he just got lit up. <laughs> he just got he got killed. And not only did he get killed, but the ball flew up in the air and the guy that smashed him caught the ball and then ran it back for oh. a touchdown. And he's like, Who in the fuck is that guy? Mm-hmm. And it was Derek Brooks who later became his teammate on uh, the uh on on the uh on the Buccaneers. But that guy was a savage. That guy doesn't get enough Derek Brooks doesn't get enough credit. I remember when he was at Florida State that he um in the beginning of the year, Florida State was so dominant that he had more points. Uh, th- he had he had more touchdowns than like a lot of the opponents that they played against. You know, so like he by himself, he, yeah, by yeah. yeah by himself. Like he he would score like even if you took away all the other points that the Florida State scored, um, they would still beat him uh, with the amount of 
points that their linebacker put up, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it was, he was a mutant. It was a trip, man. Cause like, I remember when we were kids, like all the aunts and uncles got together and it was usually at mm. our house. I don't, I, I think, just think it was just more central, but, and then just as like, it just kept happening. It just kind of became like a little bit more tiring each time. And then of course the family kept growing. And then it's like, you know, the kids have kids and then shit. Now some yeah. kids, kids have kids and it's like, fuck. You know, it's a sad thing to deal with is when, is when somebody dies or when like both people die, uh, of, of the family who were the uh, like elders of the family and, and, and they're not there anymore. And then it's like, well, where do we go now? Yeah. Like it's such tradition to go to this one spot, you know, you go to your grandma's house or whatever it is. And that's where you go every year for a decade or two decades. And then maybe grandma gets sick and grandpa or whatever the scenario is. And now you can't go there anymore. Maybe because there's only one of them or maybe one of them is too old or too ill to really have mm. everyone at the house or whatever happens. And it's like, well, shit, man, now, yeah, <laughs> now what do we do? You got to try to refigure that out. And it's, uh, that happened in my family and it was really hard to figure out, you know, my, my, my grandfather, uh, my dad's dad was just like a rock star, you know, he was like five, two, if he's lucky, but uh, he was mm -hmm. awesome to be around. My grandmother was like the most amazing host ever. She'd uh, get you cookies and ice cream. And like, she was just ridiculous. She'd be like, Mark, honey, you want a grilled cheese sandwich? Or you want, <laughs> you want me to, uh, you know, and she would just like, it was ridiculous. She'd make you anything at any time. And you didn't understand like how, like, how are you able to do this? You got nine of your own kids. There's 5,000 grandkids running around here. This doesn't make any sense. She's like, oh, I, and she's like cooking meatballs on the stove and doing something else. And she's like, I could whip you up some pancakes real quick. I'm like, pancakes aren't real quick, grandma. Like, <laughs> right. don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. I'll, ha I'll have a cup of milk, okay? <laughs> like, but she would still go ahead and like make it for you and put it in front of you. Of course, you would smash it. <laughs> and it would be the best thing you've ever had. Yeah, it'd be uh, amazing. Yeah, grandmothers do that. I don't know how they have that skill. They got that full court press going. <laughs> yeah, because they always have like 13 things going on at once. They're going to hit you with something. Eventually. Like, <laughs> hey, remember <laughs> when I had 85 things going on and you kind of mentioned you were hungry and I made you those pancakes? Mm -hmm. well, now you have to help me out. <laughs> yeah. No, but they're going to they're gonna get you for something. They're going to like make you eat something. I don't know what that is. Ah. Uh, Right? Yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna force feed something down your face, no matter what you do. Any memorable gifts from your childhood? Yeah, you know, I, I remember getting like more like video games than anything. Like I, mm -hmm. I I gotta get I gotta get the video game lifestyle back somehow. <laughs> I gotta regain. Like we we got that N sixty four here. We gotta get that set up. We gotta that's that's a New Year's resolution for me to play All more right. video games. Hey, that's that's a great. Resolution. Another resolution that I have is really funny because it's the mm. opposite of like what you should do. But I, I told Andy the other day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna stop telling people when I'm coming to the gym. And she's no, like, no. she's like, well, why not? She's like, why don't you come from at it from a different angle and just say like that you're gonna be on time? And I was like, because that's I was like, that's way too. I can't, I can't figure that out. Oh man, it's gonna be a fun year. <laughs> oh man, she was laughing at me so hard. She's like, "That's the funniest thing I've ever heard." She's like, yeah. She's like, "Why don't you just commit to being on time?" I'm like, "I don't know if I could figure that out." So, some parts of it I can figure out, but it just depends. Like if I have a day where I have to, like, there's days where I work on a bunch of different stuff, and it's, I could, I could probably do a better job of organizing that. That would probably help. But I just go through, like, I'll work on, like, podcast stuff, and then I'll work on, like, slingshot stuff. 
I might think about my own workout. I might think about your workout. I might think about mm-hmm. helping my dad or somebody I've been texting back and forth that I'm helping, or it could be a million different things going on. And sometimes it's the videos we shoot in here. Sometimes it's material for this podcast or guests for the podcast. By the time, a lot of times what happens is I'll go through this process of going over some of these things, but a lot of this stuff is also, uh, there's a creativity factor to it. And I've learned that you cannot, it, well, maybe you can, but it's not a wise move for me to put a time cap on creativity mm-hmm. or to put anything on creativity. Like creativity is like, it could be just completely uh, wild and irrational thoughts and I'll try to get them down on paper and I'll try to look at them and I'll try to make sense of them. You know, like uh, maybe I think of like, hey, what if I joined forces with this person? Or what if I met up with this person? Or what if, what if I had this person fly to super training gym? Or what if we did something cool for uh, a guest or a friend that we've had here in the past? Or what if we did something really cool for the fans? Or like, and so those things, it, it, unfortunately, they just, they take a lot of time. And, uh, in talking to my brother today, uh, about, you know, our movie stuff that we have going on, he's like, man, he's like, sometimes I'll be working on that thing for hours. And you know what? He's like, I won't get much done. And I'm like, that's okay though. That's, that's the creative process is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes nothing comes out. You just are thinking and thinking and like nothing that great comes out. The weird thing is that the second that you go to do something else <laughs> is when your mind kicks back up and you're like, Oh man, this is perfect for this. We got to do it this way. And so, um, and for, for a lot of those reasons, you have to kind of like do some other shit to get your brain to kind of, uh, kick in the, in the right direction. Yeah. And then you kind of think like, Oh, I should have just did this, you know, two hours ago, but you might not have been able to actually reach that point unless you kind of did drag through the mud for a little while so that way when you did switch over your brain you know kind of clicked you got to drag your fat little feet so yeah. i'd love to get like a regular nintendo system just uh, like you know i just want to i just want to play some freaking punch out and shit like that. yeah like i love that stuff uh, man we can probably mario brothers we can build one i know they have like the the mini nes systems and stuff but i don't i don't know if they're any good i'm just gonna go buy one that's it. Yeah. Today, I'm going to go buy one. <laughs> but we're going to figure it out because we got we to at least play some video games in here. Mm-hmm. I did get Worms, <laughs> the you video game. Coming. You had it coming. <laughs> I'll get you. God, I love I love that game. It's so much fun. I still I got to bring it in. Maybe I'll bring it in Friday. Yeah, that was a great game. I love the, uh, a strategy game like that is, is uh, fantastic. But, you know, going back to uh, some memories and stuff, you know, like... Um, I remember like we would, uh, we'd play games and stuff like that. And I just, what I remember the most uh, from the holidays is like, um, just hearing people just laugh, you Mm -hmm. know, like my family getting together and like, just like any other family, like there's always like, you know, there's something always happens. There's always Mm -hmm. some sort of controversy or, you know, you guys know my brother's past. So like a lot of his shit was like kind of part of our holiday stuff as well. Um, and we have other family members that have had, you know, uh, multiple issues or whatever. There's always like family drama, right? But aside from that, I just remember like, you know, somebody telling a joke and then just everyone just laughing their ass off or, um, you know, one of the kids, uh, you know, is into football or one of the kids is into this or into that and they share something with everybody and everybody gets a real kick out of it. So, I, I mean, I, I was really, I feel like really blessed that I was uh, part of a family that got together 
you know, and, and I don't know, I don't know who the driving force behind that was, but that was always really cool that we all got together that way. And I'm still very fortunate because we, like, I, it, it's fun to like get together in smaller groups from time to time, but I, it's, it's really wonderful to have, you know, 30, 40, 50 people get together. It's, it's amazing. And, and you, maybe that way you don't get to maybe uh, share as much time with everybody, but there is something that's kind of cool about it when it's like your, you know, second cousin, your aunt, and you're like all these people that you just normally don't see come out of the woodwork for that mm -hmm. one day and you get to see everybody. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And then just especially now with like what I've been up to lately, it would be pretty cool. But I, I man, we have, you know, multiple families, multiple houses to get to. So like, uh, and we celebrate on Christmas Eve, you know, we kind of get it over with and then Christmas day, everyone just kind of chills at home. So it's always a mad dash to get to everyone's house mm -hmm. and we never really have time for everything. So it's a, it's a little different. It's tough, but we, I don't know, we make it work. I talked to a guy at Phil's uh, yesterday. He said he had five different parties to go to because his, his like biological dad remarried twice and he has like three moms, <laughs> <laughs> something wild like that. And then his, his uh, girlfriend situation is similar. Mm -hmm. So they had to pop all over this, all these other spots. Yeah. I was like, wow. Thankfully we're not that bad. But it's just, a, it's a bummer that everyone's not close. Right. So we have like, uh, you know, 40 minute drive in between each house. Mm. So it's like half the day is spent in the car, yeah. which is a bummer. Yeah. And that was cool about uh, going to my grandparents' house when I was a kid is that they were like 40 minutes away, but they lived down the street from each other. So like I, we had to drive where my, where I grew up was about 40 minutes away from where my grandparents, both my, both sets of my grandparents lived. But then my mom and dad, they grew up down the street from each other because my dad winked at my mom on the bus when she was like 13 and he was like 15 or whatever. And there you go. Dang. <laughs> Sheldon with the moves. Yeah, I was going to say, dang, got all the game. I know. Just a, <laughs> just a quick little wink. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, like I said, we're at 855 Riverside Parkway. We're suite number 10. We have a store in here. So you can come check out our store. We got slingshots. We got protein powder. We got Keto Pro. We got the War on Carbs book. We got knee sleeves. We got wrist wraps. We got everything that you see at markbellslingshot.com and more. We have it all here at our store. Uh, in addition to that, we got some stuff coming up. Don't we, Andrew? We got the LA Fit. When's LA Fit Expo? You going to that? I, I don't know if I'm going to that. But you shouldn't be invited. <laughs> if I am invited, I just got uninvited. We got to start uninviting you to stuff. Hey. I mean, whatever. What You do what you got to do. <laughs> Your bench press is getting too big. We got to start to slow you down somehow. We got to yeah. figure out a way to contain all this. We're going to do a five by five today, buddy. I'm pretty excited for that. I'm actually going to stick to it too. A lot of times I say <laughs> that and we don't do a five by five, but we're going to do a five by five. Yeah. So LA Fit Expo is on January 11th. No, wait, hold on. Is that right? No, that can't be right. It's a shipping deadline. No, that's not it. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, it's on the 26th of January. So that's a ways out. Yeah, so we're going to be at the LA Fit Expo January 26th and 27th. Um, hopefully this year I'll be there both days. Last year I wasn't able to commit to being there both days. Uh, we're working on some stuff with the podcast. We're working on uh, Jocko Willink. Um, if you guys got some contacts towards him, that would be cool. We have some hookups, uh, so hopefully we can make some contact with him. 
Um, we're working on doing something with Christian Guzman, who I know a lot of you are aware of because he's very famous in the fitness industry. Um, working on doing more stuff with uh, Team Frisella out there at First Form Nutrition. And um, just putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and I'm, I'm super excited. We're about eight weeks out from the uh, Super Training Classic, which is February 9th and 10th. On the 10th, I believe we'll have Jay Cutler. Uh, I apologize that this has not been officially confirmed yet. We've been working on his schedule. He's got a very taxing schedule, so we are uh, doing our best to work on that. I've also been in communication with Ed Milet, who some of you may know. He's real popular on Instagram. A lot of great motivational information along with business information. Uh, also been uh, uh, communicating with a lot of other people that you guys are going to be super pumped about. So I'm just, I'm really fired up and excited about that. And the Super Training Classic, um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to, I'm going to lift in the meat. Right now, it kind of looks like I'm just going to bench press, but I guess we'll see. I, I feel healthy enough to do, to do, to deadlift as well. My, my worry is that like, I'll get excited and want to go too heavy and mm -hmm. then like totally fuck myself up. So mm -hmm. I, 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 I may bench and deadlift just so that Andrew bench and deadlifts as well, <laughs> but, uh, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see. I mean, I'm also just commit to it and do both, but, um, bench strength is feeling good. Um, in my head, I'm thinking. You know, I might need all three attempts to figure out how to bench 500 pounds because that's a short window. Um, if the 500 pounds is there, then that's cool. And uh, if I am able to do it on a second attempt, then I might throw a slingshot on and get another bench in. There you go. So we'll kind of we'll kind of see. Um, Andrew has benched 225 in the gym. Uh, I think it'd be really cool if you're able to do about 235 on the platform with a pause. That would be that That'd would be huge. Yeah, that would be huge. And even if you could walk away with uh, really anything above anything above uh, 220 pounds or so would be huge with a pause in a meet. You've never done one before, so that'd be sick. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, logistically, how is it going to work for me? we got to take photos, and then I think we're doing some podcasting, too. You'll be fine. Because <laughs> people keep asking me, and I'm like, you know, I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. You'll be fine. I think we may have nixed some of the podcast stuff. Okay. I think... I think uh, yeah, I, I've seen you do, I've seen you do more, <laughs> you know, if I, if I haven't seen you do it before, then I'd be like, oh man, I don't know how Andrew's going to survive that. But mm -hmm. Andrew has this weird ability of being in two places at once. He hasn't shared it with everybody yet because he's kind of got like a proprietary thing going. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to wait till he's got any, he, he's got some side stuff going on with Elon Musk that I was not supposed to say anything. Waiting but... for the patent before we can <laughs> say anything. And yeah, even I, then I probably won't be able to. I apologize for letting the bag out of the cat. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, we won't get into what PETA just recently said. They don't want people to use like animal, like whatever that saying just was. Oh, they like don't. Oh, the cat out of the bag. Yeah, like uh, don't beat a dead horse. They mm. say don't feed a fed horse. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. I don't mean to beat a dead. What a weird. I, I just. What a weird, what like, where, but what I was thinking is like, a lot it, of these sayings are really weird anyway. But I would think that they would totally co sign with don't beat a dead horse because the horse is already dead. You don't need to be more cruel to it. Yeah. So I think they missed the, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure out another saying anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I'd be pretty stoked to try to test the strength on the platform. I was, awesome. yeah, somebody had reached out. And I'm like, you know, I got to figure out 
like, because there's one thing to be like a little nervous and excited uh, to just go to the event to take pictures and podcasts or, you know, interview people, whatever. But it's like, I got to do that and then figure out how to test my strength on the platform. It's like uh, a couple of things got to fall into place. But at the same time, maybe that takes some of the pressure off of actually hitting the platform. That's true. So. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, when you're open up those gifts, if you, if you end up getting a slingshot gift, you end up getting something from markbellslingshot.com, uh, tag me at Mark's Millie Bell on Instagram, uh, throw it up on your IG story. And I'm going to share that, uh, on my Instagram. So that would be kind of cool. Um, I already got some people that, uh, that sent me some stuff and they're super pumped. And like, that's just a weird, some of the stuff sometimes is like these weird things that I never imagined or thought, but like the fact that a slingshot's going to be underneath somebody's Christmas tree and it's going to make somebody pumped and excited and it's going to help their bench press for 2019 and years to come uh, gets me fired up and excited. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. <laughs>